This is DJ Thomas, and you're listening to Frequency Interrupted. All right, what's up, podcast? So today I have Hope Gidry on. She's a lifestyle coach. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, awesome. So it's nice to finally meet you. Um, so Hope, you're from South Louisiana, and we met via social media, and I've been interested in trying to get you in the studio so we could talk about your story. So can you tell me from basically when you started when you were born until where you're at now, and then kind of we'll go back and forth. Okay. Um, so I was born right um, outside of Baton Rouge, and I my mom was a single parent, and I kind of grew up in a our home. We had a really chaotic, like, upbringing. Yeah. Um, my mom had married at some point, um, and I had a stepfather. And I was probably about seven years old, and he basically put us in some bad positions. And my mom, we got up in the middle of the night one night, and she basically moved us in the middle of the night. So I kind of grew up in a home where uh, everything was provided through growing, like the land and all of that. Um, We didn't have a whole lot of money. Um, When you don't have a whole lot of money, you tend to eat a whole lot of bad stuff. Yeah. So, and I grew up, the family that I grew up in, they, you know, we're in South Louisiana. They fry everything. Everything is fried. Of course, yeah. <laughs> um, everything is high fat. And my grandparents helped my mom raise me and, and my brother. Um, my grandmother, she died when I was in 12th grade. And she was probably about 500 pounds. Okay. So I came from a long line of severely obese people. Okay. Um, everybody in my family. My mom, she died young. She was 52. My grandmother, all of my great-grandmothers, everybody was 300-plus pounds. And, um, you know, I'm short, and they were even shorter than me. Okay. So that's kind of how, you know... I grew up um, being very unhealthy, okay. and one day um, I finally woke up. I was probably in eleventh grade. And I figured the only way I'm gonna get out of this situation is to basically go in the military. But I was already on that path to being obese yeah. myself, so I had to make some drastic changes. That was my first real experience with dieting and exercise. Um, I had a guy that was in the army and he was a recruiter and he worked with me for two years. I dropped 40 pounds enough to well, get in the when army. You started that. What weight were you at? Do you feel comfortable um, talking about yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm fine with it. I was probably, I would say 190. Okay. Uh, and in the 11th grade. 5'3. Okay. Yeah. And he worked with me, you know, for two years. I ended up not going in the Army. I ended up going in the Navy at that point um, just because it was a better fit for me. And that was my first experience with dieting and exercise after living a very unhealthy life. Yeah. Um, the biggest impact with that, my you know, my grandmother died when I was in 12th grade. And one of the things that to this day I, I always think about is – most people have a casket, like one casket. She didn't have one casket. They had to specially, it was a special made casket. So they had to take like two of them and weld them together and make a really big one. That's crazy. And yeah, it, when you're, you know, when you're that young, um, you don't realize how important all those things are, right. you know, and you don't even realize like you have to break the cycle at some point. Because I look back in photo albums and it, you know, my mom, my grandmother, my great, even her, they were all that size. Um, and I knew at that point, like I had to break the cycle. Yeah. Um, so that was my first experience. So I went in the military. I stayed in, um, three years. I had my son. And at that point, I got out because I didn't want to travel overseas without him. Gotcha. It got really hard. So I came home, and I became a truck driver, um, 18-wheeler truck driver. And probably for about 10 years straight, led an unhealthy life. Mm-hmm. 
and got bigger than I ever was before. Well, that, I mean, that lifestyle in itself, I mean, you see a lot of truck drivers on the road. They're, you're on the road 24-7. You really don't have time to stop, exercise, eat right. So, I mean, right. I can only imagine, you know, how that'll Oh, just yeah. You just stop and eat quick. whatever. Yeah. And you sleep right after. So, yep. there's no – and, I mean, I had to – I had to um, – really put in a lot of time so I didn't have a whole lot of time off and I was trying to raise my son take care of my mom at that point um how were you at this point um so 24 23 I started when I was 23 and I just continuously kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger um and it took I went to a birthday party with a friend and my son and her kids and we at that point scrapbooking had become popular and we would meet and scrapbook all together a bunch of women and um, she gave me a picture and it was of me mm-hmm. and I can remember her giving it and I'm looking at it and I remember thinking like this isn't me like I knew it was me but when I looked at the picture it's like I didn't even realize I had got that big yeah. and that out of shape. Um, that was really a turning point for me at that point. Um, that day forward, I just started, you know, on to the fitness thing. And I hated working out. Like, you couldn't get me to work out. <laughs> like, I wanted nothing yeah. to do with it. And you and you just ate whatever, too. I, so, at yeah. that point, when you started that, um, how much did you weigh then? I was My max was 240. Okay, 240 at 5'3". Mm-hmm. Yeah, at 5'3". And so from there, how long did it take for you to get to where you are now? Oh, it's been 15 years, 15 16 years. years. And how? So how much weight have you I've lost? I've lost over 100. Got you. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, I mean, I've, I've gone through spurts. Like right now I'm trying to lose the 15 that I gained for cor- you know, during yeah. quarantine. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> and, I mean, it's not that I didn't work out during yeah. quarantine. Like I went harder on workouts during that time because I was all on video and we were doing like three to four workouts a day than normal, but I just was eating like crap, you know? So I go through time, through moments in life where, you know, I do get up to 155. Like right now I'm at 155 and then I'll go back down to 135, you know? So it's a fluctuation. I never let it get so out of hand that I never get let it get so out of hand that I can't get it back under control. Well, you say a hundred pounds, that's a whole like small human. Right. You know, and like a hundred pounds on five three frame is a lot of weight. Oh yeah. You know, versus like if you were had someone who was like five nine or five ten, it would be probably equivalent, you know, as far as the body transformation and visually seeing that, probably hundred and fifty to hundred and seventy five pounds. Right. You know, so that's a lot of weight and that's a that's a big deal. I never real like I for clients of myself, like I have literally probably 50 that I could tick off by name and say, this person has lost a hundred pounds with me. Right. This person has lost a hundred pounds. Mm-hmm. When I look at them, I see it. But when I look at me, it's kind of different. So I can see it. And I know like you've kept up with me on social media, like pictures and stuff. Um, but during these years, like even now, I have to really, when I go in a dressing room, when we're allowed to go in a dressing room, because right now you're not, um, I have to really think about the clothing size. I will still pick up a size 18 or a size 12 really? and bring it in the in there with me. And I know that I'll wear a size 4 or 6. Yeah. I know that. But it's this mind, yeah. it's a mind game. Right. You know? Um, and... I tell my clients all the time, like, you know, you it's not just a scale that you're beating. Like, you're having to beat your own self. Yeah. Because you look in the mirror and you're never satisfied with what you are. You're always trying to become better. Yeah, or, of course. I mean, if you're on that, if you're on that journey of always trying to, if you started in a bad spot, especially, it's it's really hard to stop. I see a lot of people like get almost addicted, right. especially people that like compete and stuff. They get almost addicted to it to where the point where it's not even fun anymore. So it's it's, it's nice to find a balance, but you always got to call yourself out too. Right. You know? Oh yeah. And when I started, you know, um, when I when I originally started, I had no clue about diet. I had mm-hmm. no clue about working out, you know, and I, I had to go to a trainer. Yeah. Um, and through the years, you know, the first couple of years before I actually fell in love with this lifestyle, you know, I saw three different trainers in our area and they helped me to get to the point where I embraced 
the lifestyle. Yeah. I would never be where I am right now without them. Mm-hmm. Like they are the ones that, you know, put a fire in me. And I saw the changes that they helped me to make in my life. And I knew like I wanted to, I wanted to help other people. I didn't have a plan. I never, I never said, you know, oh, I want to be a trainer or a life coach. I, I don't even call myself a trainer. It's more, you know, a lifestyle coach. Um, because the things that we do in the studio, in my studio, um, is a lot bigger than just a scale. Yeah. And when I get a new client, like they come in and they, they have this number, like, I want to lose 50 pounds or 20 pounds. And I always, I have these mirrors and I always have them look in the mirror mm-hmm. And I tell them, look, you know, I care that you lose weight. Obviously, I wouldn't be in this if I didn't. Mm -hmm. But I want you to be able to look in the mirror and love yourself, whether you're 180 pounds or 110 pounds. My job's not done until you can do that, whether you've lost the weight or not. Yeah, I mean, everyone puts a number on it, and it's really hard to do that whenever every single person is different. You know what I mean? Right. So when you – so you said – Let's go back to, you know, where you're talking about you were a truck driver and then you, um, you were doing scrapbooks, you noticed and you started your, um, losing your weight and that, that journey. What did you start doing after that? So how did you get into being a, um, basically a business owner, an entrepreneur okay. and having your own place and what, okay. so how did that unfold? I, so when I started with the trainer, uh, my mom got real sick. Yeah. All right. And I had to at some point get out of the truck. And I had started, like, I was starting to work out and do all of that. And I had basically, in a nutshell, had to move into the office, all right? So my company offered me a job position, and I kind of worked my way up. I started in dispatch and just kind of worked up from there, uh, driver trainer and all of that. And she got real, my mom started getting sick. And at that point, I was I had left the trainers that I was with because I, I was able to do it on my own yeah. at that point. You're not going to stay with a trainer forever. You know, eventually I mean, yeah. you learn yeah, exactly. what you need. So I had moved to a gym on my own and was working out. And I s- heard some loud music upstairs because it was a gym that had two different areas. And I heard like loud thumping music and people screaming. I was like, what is going on up there? So I walked up there and it was a bunch of bikes in a room. Yeah. And I'd never experienced spin class. I didn't know anything about it. If you had asked me what it was, I would be like, uh, maybe something to do with dance. I don't really <laughs> yeah. know. So I walked up there and saw like the, the lights were out and the lights were gone and people were like sweating and it looked pretty damn badass. You know, so I was like, I know what, I'm going to sign up for this class tomorrow. So I signed up for it and I walked, the moment I walked in there and got on that bike, I fell absolutely in love with spin. So I started doing the classes and I was like, you know what, I I can teach this. Mm -hmm. So I got certified. Next thing you know, I'm teaching 15 spin classes a week and people absolutely loved my spin classes. And in that time, you know, I started, I was like, I'm going to train for a competition. I'm going to get into this competition stuff. Yeah. You know, I got, got that bug in me and started training and doing all of that. And, you know, it's hard. I, you know, I envy people that can do that yeah. and separate it from their home life. Yeah. No, it's a lot of work. It, it, it consumes you. And it, really it, it basically, in a nutshell, I got very selfish. Mm-hmm. It was all about hope and how yep. hope looked. It was yep. all about hope's food and hope getting the workout in. And I kind of, you know, became a not so good wife and mom in the process. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't separate the two. It just, it kind of wrecked, you know, it just wrecked havoc in my life. Yeah. So I figured out early on that that wasn't for me um, and learned some valuable lessons in the process. So in that time frame, I was teaching classes. I started getting a, fo- getting a following. I never set out to do this. Mm-hmm. Like, I was in the trucking world. That was my job. Like, I never set out to open a studio or become what I am today. Mm-hmm. It truly was a God-given thing that was brought into my life. I'm not going to say it didn't come without a lot of work, but it it revealed its path to me as I went through it. And one day I said, you know what? I'm going to do this outdoor boot camp. I don't even know where that came from, honestly. 
And I invited like five ladies to come out and do it with me. And five ladies came that week. And then the next week I was like, okay, we're going to do it on Monday and Wednesday at this time. Ten ladies showed up. And it kept going and going. And at the point before I figured that I was going to really do this, I showed up at the park and there was like a hundred ladies. There really? That's crazy. With one instructor. How long had it, how long had it been between when you started? Uh, and, probably and that? four months. That's, yeah, that's insane. Four months. And, and it's it all got, word of mouth. This is before, it was like, word, it was so, before social, social media. media yeah. You know, and at this? that point, um, 2008. Yeah. So social media was just, yeah, it definitely. was just starting off. Yep. I can remember like we had MySpace. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and that had just started. Yep. And then the Facebook thing came and it was starting to come. Right. And I do believe social media, without a doubt, played a huge impact in it. Like through the years, it's yeah. definitely helped me grow. But I can remember, and I've talked about this story before. Um, at some out in this journey, you got to realize, like at that park, I was still a very large lady. Mm-hmm. I was not. I was probably two hundred pounds. Okay. So you have a hundred people come in and doing a class with a lady herself that needed to keep on the journey. Yeah. You know, and I think that honestly is what pulled people to me. It was like here we have this two hundred pound lady. Mm-hmm. Doing this workout and kicking, kicking butt doing it. And here I am, 150, and I'm complaining about jumping in the air. Yeah. You know? And I do, without a doubt, believe that is probably what helped me to grow over other trainers. Um, because in our, in my area, you know, there's a lot of beautiful fit instructors. Right. Like perfection. Yeah. You know, and here I come. The absolute opposite of that, and I'm not downplaying my my worth right. like at all. Right? No, no. I mean, of course. But that's the well, point. Well, I mean, it's it's a more like so people who are extremely self conscious, um, mm-hmm. or, or maybe very very much overweight. You know, they're gonna possibly feel more comfortable with an instructor like you than one who looks perfect, right? Because they're already, you know, feel bad about themselves. Yes. And that's such a long road, you know. But you may be able to be, you know, more relatable that way. So it makes sense. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, so I can remember going, I had a client that, um, or a future client, she had reached out and she was very nervous. Like, like a lot of women that have never done this before, never worked out. They don't want to go in a gym and feel like they're being criticized yeah. or looked at, you know? So she had asked if I would meet her before and she wanted to see her options with me at that point. And I met her at the Starbucks. That's usually, typically where I meet people. And um, I can remember her walking in and, you know, we sat down at a table and a young man and young lady, probably like 23, I would say early 20s, um, sat down next to us and they were having coffee. And I know that they could, because Starbucks is little, like the tables are by each other. You can't help but overhear people. And they had obviously overheard me talking to her Mm -hmm. about joining the boot camp and the classes and how I knew she could do it and make it. And I could overhear the, the lady, the young lady telling her boyfriend, I assume her boyfriend, I can't believe that she is telling somebody else how to work out or how to diet or I'm trying to motivate them. Look at her. And I overheard that. And I'm telling you, I was crushed. Mm -hmm. I was, I didn't know if the client had overheard it, but I was embarrassed. I was crushed. I was ready to quit. I was telling myself like, you know, you, what are you thinking? Hope like they're right. Like you're like, you're a fake. You shouldn't be doing this. Like, you know, like stop. And I left there and I went to the park. And that day, that day that I went to the park probably was the largest class that I ever had. And on my way there, I had decided because I was going to let two people that I never met before, two people influence me right. and make my yep. decision for me. I decided like I'm quitting, mm-hmm. like I'm shutting it down. I'm not doing it. And I pulled up to the park. And literally was the largest class I ever had in my life. It was like over 100. It's probably like 125. And I could remember sitting in my car and thinking, I have to go up here and tell all these people that I quit. Yeah. 
And then they're going to look at me like, why are you quitting? And then I was going to have to say, well, two strangers just told me that I wasn't worthy to do this or to lead you guys or to inspire you guys. And that's one of the things that I share with people often is we let so many people put labels on us on who we are, Mm -hmm. who we should be, what we should do with our life. You know, if I've listened to all of the criticism that I got over the years of being that large person leading other people I would have never impacted the people that I have today. And this isn't me blowing me up. This is them. Like, I have the stories. I have the pictures I can share with people. And, you know, I just think about all the lives that wouldn't have been touched. And because I went to another trainer and they inspired me, they have helped me to change all of these people around me. You know, so it's not a hope thing. It's definitely not a hope thing. Yeah. It's, you know, it's a full circle coming back. Well, that's, I mean, that's interesting because a lot of people, yeah, I mean, a lot of people immediately make the decision for themselves off of someone else's criticism. A lot of times the people don't want to make a change or, you know, they're thinking about doing something different, but as soon as they hear an opinion from someone else, they stop and they let them make up their mind for them. Right. And um, that sucks, and it happens all the time. Oh, yeah. You know, or, or maybe you're saying, hey, you want to make a job change or a life change or whatever, and then you go tell your friend about it or, or you know, or your coworker, and then they criticize it, and then it immediately shuts it down. Right. And you never do it because you're so worried about someone else's opinion. Mm-hmm. Or even people that don't know you, like you said. That's insane. Oh, but yeah. it happens. It happens, it happens to every day. day. And um, so just saying that right there – it's a big deal, you know. It's more than just saying, okay, I wanted to get in shape. You know, now you are you have all these people depending on you, and right. you almost let two individuals you don't even know yeah, let all those people down. Right. You know? And all the future people. Like, right, I've exactly. been in this 15, 16 years, you know, and I have clients with me today that started with me day one. Yeah. You know, and I don't, I mean, I know, you know, the industry, like that's hard. Yeah, that's a lot. It's yeah. hard to keep a client. Right. 15 years. Well, you think they stay because it's, it's the relationship and just, you know, cause I feel like someone being in, in doing training that long at that point, they don't need you. No, they, they don't, don't need you, but it's a comfort. It's like a, yeah. uh, we have a relationship. This is fun. Right. This is not like, I don't have to have you anymore. So that's even harder. Then you know it's the retention thing. So you've you've not only changed their life and made those changes, but you've also been able to keep them around. Right. So that means you have more than just you know yeah, it's the operational value. Yeah, it's definitely more than than that. It's yeah. it's family, you know, and it it's one of those things like it's taken me years, and I still struggle with it. It has taken me years to not take things personally. Yeah. When I lose a client, you know, and sometimes I lose them for. You know, another company opening down the street mm-hmm. or, you know, um, there's numerous companies that have opened Regimen, Orange Theory, you know, all of those. And they're all great companies. Right. And I would never talk down. I've lost clients to them, but I've also gained clients from them, mm-hmm. too. But as you know, I try to not take it personal when I lose people. It's yeah. not about hope. It's about them and their journey. Yeah. Um I can remember losing clients, you know, and being depressed for a week where I would let losing one client, like, put me in a depression where I didn't, I would be like hope. Like, I'd have to talk to myself and say, you know, like, you have a 100 other clients that are here and they're waiting on you. Mm -hmm. Like, why are you depressed over one client? But to me, like, every loss is a huge loss for me. Like, because I take every, I love all of them like uh, seriously get involved in their lives i know their children's names i know their birthdays i know when they're going through something i know when they walk in the studio and they're down like i see that they're not a number to me like and i take a lot of it home and maybe i shouldn't and maybe you know there's all kind of shouldas but i do (laughs) no i mean everyone's different i mean that's that's what's built you and who you are you know so i mean embrace it so you have how many? So okay. So let's. What do, what all do you do? So you have a studio now, and do you do more group training than you do one to one, or do you do both? And so I have both. I okay. kind of try to. I've tried to realize like go with the changes. Yeah. And you know, times change, so you have to adapt. You know, and I'm. 
that's hard. Like for me, it's hard because yeah. I get set in a routine. But so originally, you know, in a nutshell, I worked at gyms. So I worked, there was a gym called Fusion, um, and it was old school. It had like the old weights, not mm. the new technology. Yeah, was, yeah. You know, and that was like our last, well, there's one more in our area, but that gym was really the last, almost the last one mm. to make it. And I was there for years and I worked for them and then, you know, I talked to them and said, look, I'm going to start doing boot camps out here. It's mm. not going to, I'm not going to, not going to try to get your members. Right. I'm going to stay respectful. And mm-hmm. we had a great agreement. So at that point, I ended up, you know, I'm going to go back to a story that's really interesting. Okay. So at that point, I started the boot camps and I had a normal job, right? And I had these boot camps and I had spin classes. Yeah. I was never home ever. Like, three to four hours of sleep a night. Right. I would start my mornings at 3.30 in the yeah. morning and it wouldn't end until 9. That's what you have to do to, if you're trying to make it and then also create something new. Right. You lose yeah. a lot of sleep, yep. you know. But I was like, you know what, God, I'm going to trust this. Like, whatever mm-hmm. you have for me, give it to me. And I kept with that concept for a long time. I did it for as long as I could. And so I'm working all these crazy hours at the trucking you know, this trying to be a mom and trying to t- help take care of my mom and do all the things I needed to do as a wife. And I just sucked. It was too much. Everything's yeah. pulling at me. And I can remember saying, you know, God, help me out of this. Like, where do I go? You know, like, what is my path here? Do I stay in trucking? Do I quit? You know, tell me what I'm doing. And I walked into work one day and they pulled me in the office. And at that point, I was kind of like, in management and they wanted me to fire someone that I felt didn't deserve to be fired and they were like look you're going to take his job and you're going to do your job and you're going to make the same pay and I was making good money you know and I said can I think about this like y'all kind of sprung this on me Mm -hmm. at the last minute and they said yeah you know take your lunch come back and we'll talk they had flew in from Houston to tell me this so I went on my lunch break and I just was not good. Yeah. Because this is someone like I had dinner with their family. Yeah. You know, like, and you want me to fire them. So yeah. I'm just like, I don't know about this. I went back and I said, look, I still don't know. I need to think about this overnight. And I went home and I was completely at unease with it. I had, I was like, this is not what I can do. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't do it. Yeah. And I told myself, I'm like, Hope, you had just you know as God like where are you supposed to be going and he gave you your answer and why are you not like wanting to do it so I went in and quit my job gotcha and I had like personal training I'd had like 10 clients I was training in the little bit of spare time I'd leave on my lunch break change my clothes train somebody go back to work go do the boot camp after work go do training again I quit my job that day, and within a week, I went from, like, 10 clients' personal training to about 60. That's crazy. And I was still doing spin classes, and I was still having my boot camps. So, you know, for people that are scared to make that plunge, like, they have their normal job, and then they have their job that they're passionate about, you know, I can't make you do it. But all I can do is share my story. And I'm telling you, I've never looked back. And it's steadily grown and grown and grown. So at that point, you know, I started full-time. And I had a... um, I had an agreement with Fusion. Like, I rented basically airspace. And I could bring all my clients there. They would pay me. They wouldn't have anything to do with my money. Yeah. Because I I gave a lot of training away to people that didn't have the money to train. Because... I wanted to be able to give back. So at that point, at some point, Fusion closed down, and I went to Anytime Fitness. Gotcha. I out, outgrew Anytime with – I probably outgrew them immediately within a few months. And all of their members were complaining that we were taking over their gym. And I just trained yeah, I mean, just they're, they're, never, they're never big gyms either. I mean, right. Yeah, you don't have a lot of room. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to just open my own. And I, I – took my money out of my savings and I opened my gym and it's been 
a very big blessing. Yeah. So, when, what year was that when did you when you did that? Okay. Well, uh, tell me this: How long from the time you started the first boot camp till day open of the gym? Ten years outdoors. Ten years. Okay. And I I had a boot camp in Gonzales. I had opened up one in Reserve Gramercy, which is in between. Gonzalez and New Orleans. Then I opened one west of us in Baton Rouge. Okay. And then I opened one in Denham Springs. So I had four boot camps going on and I had six instructors working under me gotcha. that helped me. Gotcha. So at that point, when I opened up my studio, I closed all of the outdoor boot camps down yeah. and decided to really concentrate on giving my best mm-hmm. to my clients and having one facility. So at this point, you know, we have spin classes. I have... 27 bikes. I had 21 bikes and I purchased another six um, when quarantine happened. And I gave those bikes out to clients to use at home. Yeah, so I was going to bring that up. I See, that's like when I connected with you on social media, I saw we were going through quarantine and stuff and I was doing shows and I ran across that and I was like, well, that's interesting because you took all of your equipment and handed it out to your clients. So right there, just from a thousand foot view... I was like, okay, this is someone that actually gives a damn about what they're doing. Right. You know, and then you were able to, um, what, what, so I guess we can talk about that real quick. We're going into quarantine and keeping the relationship with all your clients and keeping the business alive. Let's talk about that. Okay. So at that point, I, it was a Monday and I had heard that we possibly were going to have to shut down gyms. Yeah. And then right before class is when I got the news that we were having to shut down. So I went into the spin class. I was so upset, but I, I gave a kick-ass spin class, you know. And at the end of it, I looked at my clients, like 20-something of them. And I have a lot. Like, I have roughly 200 different people that come through my studio, yeah. you know. And I looked at them and I said, look, you know, you got – at that point, they didn't have to shut down. I did. Mm-hmm. I said, I have to shut down. But you guys don't. So I I was kind of like thrown. I was like, what am I going to do? And I literally, while I was sitting on the bikes, it just came to me. I said, you know what, guys? I'm going to give all of you guys equipment, everybody. We're going to take every piece of equipment I have, and I'm giving it out. The only thing that didn't move was like the heavy things, like the squat racks, Smith machines, machines, treadmills. I had steps. I had bars. I had tons of equipment. So basically, I hand it out, and look, I'm going to tell you, this is so, like, I'll think back to it, and I'm like, that was stupid. I handed everything out, yeah. and I didn't keep a list of who got what. <laughs> so I had no idea where, I don't have any idea where all my equipment is. I know I went to my clients, and yeah. I know I know that I trust my clients right. 100%. And everybody was like, well, did you keep track? I'm like, nope. I don't have any idea who has what. Yeah. But I know that I'm going to get it back. Yeah. You know, and I'm still getting stuff back. Some of them still have stuff. You know, I have a lot of doctors and nurses and people that are in it that feel like they would endanger the other clients. Yeah, yeah get it. So they're still working out at home. Yeah, so they're still. So what it did for me, um, you know, I've been wanting to go virtual and people have been asking me to go virtual and online so they could do classes and I never wanted to do it. I have a really, I struggle with image of myself on video. Yeah. To this day, like, for me to be on video is huge. And for me to hear my voice and see myself, I had to really get out of my comfort zone and say, Hope, you're doing it for them. This isn't about you. This is about them. And it made me pull the trigger on virtual classes. And we were ready. We we did it within a week. And I had multiple gyms in our area reach out to me and ask how did you do it can you help us and i helped them like that you know for me like we have so many people in around in our parishes that yeah. i could never service all these no, people no exactly i mean there's never that's what i tell everyone it's like there's not enough there's enough business to go around i don't feel like there's ever competition like the right. people that are immediately Bad mouthing those other people that are in the same industry, they're going to lose. Yeah, definitely. Without <laughs> if they a doubt. do, if they do make it, they're never going to be as successful as the people who embrace and help everyone. Right. You know what I mean? So that that's cool. So you were able to help all of your clients and help you know the competing gyms in the area. Right. And um, everyone's you know everyone's doing everyone's good. Stayed on track. And you know, I've had people ask like, "Oh, you, it must have been it, you know you must have taken a hit." 
And, you know, honestly, like, I once the gym opened back up after mm-hmm. virtual, I've had an influx of people. I really think the whole, you know, COVID thing has put a lot of unhealthy people in, you know, they're, it's showed them, hey, like, I need to make some changes. Yeah. You know, like, I've had an influx of people and it's, you know, COVID has not been the worst thing that could happen to me, but it's certainly not the best. Yeah. You know, I lost an uncle from it that had, you know, other problems. But business-wise, you know, it definitely has put things into perspective. Yeah, I think it did. Whenever it hit, it, a, a lot of people, you know, kind of, it gave them time to connect with their family. You know, right. I mean, there's a lot of people. I mean, what, like 31 million people out of jobs right now in this country. So a lot of people are going through shit. But being able to still, you know, be active and feel good about yourself helps a little bit. Right. So quick question. When you open your own business, um, how did that – you said you had a – it was rough on your family life. You didn't ever get any sleep or anything. So whenever you made that shift out of doing all those things into just doing this, did it – kind of relieve all that stress and pressure off of you? Um, It did relieve a lot of me going here, going there. And I was able to give more quality to my clients, you know, over quantity of having all these locations. Um, You know, I have, I have one son Mm -hmm. and he's 24. Um, You know, during, and I'm an open book pretty much, but during the time of me not being there, I tried to involve him. He did sports and he, you know, he had a lifestyle that, you know, you hear the thing that says, keep your kids busy or yeah. keep them involved in sports. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you got to keep them out of trouble. Like the kid was busy. Like we yeah. kept him busy. He right. was inboxing everything you can imagine, dirt bike riding, all of it. And sometimes, you know, things happen and you like hit a wall. Like I hit a brick wall with him. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he became addicted to some substance mm-hmm. abuse and um, a lot of tough love went on and a lot of heartache. And, you know, days where his choices impacted, you know, me as a mom. Yeah. Where I would show up at the studio wearing sunglasses because I'd been crying. Mm-hmm. Um you know, that day because of his choices. And, um, you know, it, it, it definitely helped, but the biggest thing was realizing that his choices are his choices and my choices are mine. And even though I'm his mom, his choices are for him to make and I can't make them for him, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm just, you know, at this point now, everything's great. You know, um, he's thriving in this world and he's in the army and he's doing kick-ass things, jumping out of airplanes. And he's, he's always been, you know, my son and my best friend, but we have a really close relationship. We always have had it even through the worst days. Yeah. And he is, you know, he's still my best friend, and we've made it through. Um, even when I wasn't the best mom and worried about making it in this industry. Yeah. You know, because there's many times that I look back on now, and I wish I could change some of the choices I made. Right. And I can't, obviously, change them, but I can move forward and, yeah. you know, just be proud of him and my relationship yeah not being able to be hung up on that stuff helps a lot because a lot of people put so much regret and everything and they can't move forward because of that right you know what i mean yeah Um, everything you know happens for a reason it's all laid out and it seems like it's all you know come together fine and everyone has to go through their own shit to realize what they appreciate and what matters and you know all that right so i mean yeah and you know it's like it kind of brings up something this week that happened i had for whatever reason uh a class that didn't have a good turnout and when, I mean, I say that, but what happens for me when that does happen is I'm able to have a, uh, deeper conversations with my clients yeah. where they're able to know more about me and me know more about them while we're working out, you know, and something I shared with her was, you know, I cannot, I don't know how I kept it together 
for my clients, but I did. But they stood, they stood behind me a hundred percent. You know, even when I went in and was having a really horrible day where I wasn't able to give my all as a trainer, they had my back a hundred percent, you know, and for that, I'm so grateful because there's many days I went in there where I wasn't able to give a hundred percent to anybody, not them, not myself, not my son. I was just trying to breathe and make it through. Yeah. You know? No, I mean, that's cool. I mean, it's a good story because, you know, being that there's so many, there's so many different legs of fitness and self wellness and life coach and all that, you know, all those things, nutrition, um, you know, you're different. Everyone's different, but it's knowing what sets you apart. And then, you know, the connection that you have with the people that you work with and who you help. Um, what do you think is the most, um, momental thing you've done for one or a group of individuals while you've been doing this? Um, so depression yeah. is real. You know, I can't say that I can tell you, I've only had an experience with depression for like three days and it was last year. Um, and I say that like three days hope, like that's nothing, but it was a horrible three days of mm-hmm. my life. And in all of the struggles that I've had, you know, with my home life and my son or, you know, myself, you know, um, I've never been depressed ever, except I was in a thing for our community. It was called Dancing for a Cause. And they asked me to dance, which I'm a horrible dancer. <laughs> and I don't want to be on video and I'm a horrible dancer. Yeah. You know, I don't want to. And it, uh, a gazillion people are watching me dance. So yeah. I agree to it. And look. I put in a lot of work, but I had to, I had to do a lot. So I gave up sugar and wine Mm -hmm. and it put me in a severe depression. Like the sugar withdrawals put me in a severe depression where I, for three days was, I thought I was going to have to be committed somewhere. I was suicidal. It was that bad. It's crazy. It, I've never in my life experienced that before. And what it did, it gave me, um, a, it gave me an, I was able to see depression when I'd never understood it before. Right. Because I'm that person, like, we have a problem, we're gonna fix it, and this is what we're doing, which is a really bad yeah. problem of mine, because yeah. I did it to my son. I'm the same way. I can't, right. I, I can't, I can't, it's hard for me to have pity. I can't, yes. it's hard, I can't feel like, I don't know, I just, I, it's like, let's get this shit done. Right. Like, what are you, yeah. like, what are you doing? And I have multiple clients that battle depression mm-hmm. and I never understood it. And I was always like, you know, put your big girl panties on. We're yep. doing this. Like, get the hell up. We don't have time for you to be sad. Yep. I didn't understand it. Right. And I really believe I went through those three days so that I would understand it. So now you're more compassionate with those people. More compassionate but, with those people. Yeah, so you're able to hit it from both angles now. So I have a... Many women that come to me, and it's not about the scale. It's not about how they look. It's about depression. And I can tell you that them coming to the studio, and not a hope thing. It's a studio thing. I'm telling you, the women that surround me are like this. Mm -hmm. They're like this. And that's what that is what pulls these people in. It's not me. I tell people that all the time. You can come to me and I can be upbeat and I can be motivational and you can look at the pictures that I post because I do a lot of motivational stuff. You can, you know, come to a class and watch me lift a gazillion reps and do all of this and jump. And it ain't that it's the people that surround me that, that tribe and that feeling, that is what helps these women get out of that depression. That's it. And I have multiple clients that came to me and said, your, you know, BCCP saved me. Yeah. You know, they, it saved me, you know, and that right there is bigger than anything. Yeah. I mean, just, you know, just when we get done with this and release it out, if one person hears it and they get something out of it, I mean, that's all, that's all that matters. You know what I mean? It's the same thing with what you do. You know, you put all that time in and you may have a group of a hundred women and if that, if, if all up, you know, all of them don't get anything but one person in that group of a hundred, then you did your job. Right. You know what I mean? Or you did what you were wanting to do. Right. And people getting hung up on, you know, picking out the fine little minute details and beating themselves up over it. It's, you just don't, you know. Right. You only do what you can do. And you know, another thing, like, um, kind of like, uh, an open book with my clients, like, you know, they know, uh, battle food addiction. Mm-hmm. I, I battle it. 
um, my worst thing out of it's not the workouts. Like I can tackle a workout. You, I can hang with the best of them. Yeah. It's the food. The yeah. food for me, like I grew up in it. Yeah. It's my biggest problem. Um, and it's why I go up and down, up and down. And you know, I'm not ashamed to say, look, you know, I will use the service of other health coaches in our area yeah. if I need it. Yeah. I'm not always strong. I'm not always accountable to myself. You know, I wish I could say, you know what, Hope, like, you're always 100%. No, I'm not. Yeah. You know, I've reached out to numerous people in our area through the years and have said, hey, I'm struggling right now. I need some help, mm-hmm. you know, and... A lot, some of them will help and some of them won't, whether it's they think, you know, I'm coming in there to steal their secrets. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, They're like very that. guarded, yeah. you it know, happens. and I get it. But, you know, um, the food is is the big part, you know, is mm-hmm. the struggle for me. I understand a lot of people struggle with that. For me, it was like um, I started making it, you know, I probably started my fitness and transformation journey in like when I was 20, you know. But it was all because of I had to diet to cut weight to fight and train, you know? Right. And, um, I started out pulling one thing, pulling out one thing at a time, not trying to do it all at one time, but I've been slowly, I feel like every year getting more, you know, just more focused on it and pulling out things that are bad. And like now I can't even eat bad shit hardly. If I do, it destroys my stomach. You know what I mean? So it's like, okay, that's a accountability thing. So if I, if I like, I, there's people like, we're going to have a chicken fried steak. I'm like, dude, I cannot touch that shit. Like, we're going to have ice down. cream. I can't touch it, you right. know. But I can still have some shit this bad and get away with it, you know. So it's like being able to hold yourself accountable to that, right. you know. Like, I can have a, I don't know, some candy or something. I don't mm-hmm. really eat that. But, you know, like, I don't know, a bag of chips maybe or something. And yeah. it's just being able to try to – and then balance, too, because a lot of people think that they have to stop everything. They have to do everything perfect. you got to enjoy yourself. You're doing right. this for you. You know what I mean? So – you know, reward yourself when you're do it, you know, and then still try to hold yourself accountable at the same right. time. And, you know, I tell, like, that's another thing, little changes. Like, mm-hmm. today, you know, take out the 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 soda. Yeah. You know, and then next week, maybe you want to take out, you know, the prepackaged foods or whatever it is. Or maybe add working out in. You don't have to make a gazillion changes this week and change your whole life in a week. Yeah. You know, like... People are like, well, like you asked, how long has it taken you to lose the weight? Look, it's taken me 16 years, yeah. all right? And I'm still working on it yeah. every single day I'm working on it. It's not overnight, and I don't care, you know, if I plan on doing this forever mm-hmm. till the day I die. So, you know, when I'm 80, come back and ask me, yeah. am I there yet? And I'm going to tell you, <laughs> no, I'm not there yet. No, it's a, it's a constant battle. I mean, you know constantly saying, okay, what do I need to fix? What do I need to adjust? Right. How can I still service everyone? Not gonna, I mean, it's just, it is, I, I get it. Yeah. It's fun though. And yeah. I mean, I've, you know, I've had, um, another topic that so many people are scared to talk about mm-hmm. is surgeries. Like, yeah. you know, I have people that are critical. I went through a really kind of rough time, um, in my, in a, a marriage a f- couple of years ago. And, you know, I'd made the choice to remove extra skin off of my body. And if right. you've never been really large, you have no clue what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And especially, I'm 45. I'm about to, I'm turning 46. Skin does not go back. No, it's it was like it stretches. was. Yeah, no. It stretches yeah. and it's gross. Mm-hmm. To me, it made me feel unattractive. Other people, I look at them and they have extra skin. I'm like, girl, you are beautiful yeah. with that skin. Right. But for myself personally. You know, I looked at myself and I hated it. Yeah. So I made the choice to go and have skin removed. Mm-hmm. And I've been, I have cuts all over me. I've posted on my social media. I've showed them to my clients. I'm cut all the way around mm-hmm. here. I'm cut all the way around there. And, you know, that's another subject that so many people are scared to talk about or judgmental. You know, of looking at a person's scars and thinking it makes them into somebody, you know. Um, I, when clients come to me or even people that aren't my clients, they ask me, what did you have done? This is what I've had done. Here's the list. This is who I used. And this is why I did it. Mm -hmm. And if you want to be judgmental over me, 
anyone out here, then go ahead and be it. But I'm happy with who I am. Scars and all. You know, they have made me who I am today. And I will post those scars right quick and not think twice about it. You know, I had a husband tell me that I was ugly because of the scars. Mm -hmm. And we're divorced now. But, you know... To look at a woman after all that she's been through and judge her on the scars, yeah. you know, instead of using it as a positive yeah. thing. I mean, whether it's in that in relationship, I mean, that's just obviously due to own insecurities because you're actually bettering yourself and they may not have been. I mean, that's you right. know, that happens to a lot of people. But then people who don't know you, I mean, they have no idea. So, like, hey, why is this person revealing all this? And, um, you know, that's not appropriate or whatever. Right. And, um, but she... You don't have to worry about that. No. You know why. You yeah, know? I know why. Exactly. And, um, now everyone else knows why. Right. You know what I mean? And, you know, you bringing up why, you know, that's very important in this whole thing for everybody. Not, yeah. I mean, everybody. You have got to know your reason why, yeah. why you're doing this. Because I am not excited to get up at 3 in the morning every morning and <laughs> no. go work out yes. and teach. No. And be happy. Like, hey, let's do mm-hmm. this. Like, yeah. You know, I mean... I would love to sleep in yeah. and not get up at three, but I know my reason why. Yeah. And every person that decides to change their life through health and fitness or whatever it is really needs to figure out their why. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be a huge why. It doesn't have to be, I'm a lo- I want to lose a hundred pounds. It could be a little why like, Hey, I just want to feel better. Yeah. But if you don't know your why, you're not going to last long. No, I mean... It, it gets boring. Yeah, I mean, what's your reason? If you don't have a reason behind it, you're not going to be passionate about it. And if, you're not, if you don't have any drive to do it, then you're not going to do it. Right. You know, whether it's business, relationship, fitness, whatever. Right. You know? So, I get it. Well, we're about to have to wrap up. Um, normally, I get my guests, my guest gifts. I didn't get you anything. Well, let me rephrase that i have you something but it's not here yet okay. so i'm gonna get it to you um and so before we close the show out i want you to to do you have any advice for anybody like just your favorite phrase or anything that you want to I mean, put out there you know i actually said it when we were in here you know looking being able to look in the mirror and love yourself mm-hmm. that's what this is all about you know really love yourself like no matter what point you're at you know and if you are that woman that is sitting home and not doing anything and just sitting in her misery or guy sitting in your misery you know or come or having every excuse in the book to not change or scared you know walk into a gym and just do it Mm -hmm. you know you won't regret it you know find your find your tribe if you can't do it on your own find your tribe they're out there Thanks. I appreciate you coming on. Thanks for coming up here. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Everyone, please subscribe to the podcast.